Find your next truck at Woodhouse Buick GMC. No matter where you're heading or what tasks need tackling, there's a premium and capable GMC truck that's perfect for you. Make a statement on the job site, out in the town, or wherever life leads you in the powerful and distinctive Sierra 1500. Or elevate your driving experience in the adventurous and innovative canyon. Explore our inventory online at WoodhouseBuickGMC.com or visit our indoor showroom today. Woodhouse Buick GMC. We are professional grade. What makes for a great vacation? Depends on who you ask. Are you looking to get away or bring everyone together? Do you want to get outside and play or see a play at the plate? Fortunately, however you operate, I'm the destination you've been looking for. The name's Missouri, but you can call me Mo. And I have just one question. What's your M.O.? To find your M.O., tap now. Or for information on safe travel, come see me at visitmo.com. You're listening to the Huddle Up! Podcast with Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com and sound off. And now it's time to drop some knowledge. Okay, and we are live, but you all know the drill. We got to let the stream breathe just for a few seconds here. Make sure we're broadcasting on all five platforms, and it looks like we're good. We got the five green check marks. So welcome in, everybody, to the Huddle Up podcast presented, as always, by Mile High Huddle. I'm your host, Chad Jensen, and with me, as always, is my partner in crime, my fellow football priest. You know him, you love him. He is Zach Kelberman. Zach, we've had a day off, and I I wouldn't necessarily call it any kind of breaking news that we missed on Tuesday, but arguably one of the juiciest comments to come out of media availability from these these pressers after practice in, in Broncos camp did come out yesterday on Tuesday, and it was from Nick Vanette. And I just want to read you this quote real quick because I've been dying to get your, your reaction to this. He was asked about Albert Okuebunum, and he said, quote, I don't know where to start. I think he's the real monster because Drew Locke called Bennett a monster. I think he's the real monster. He's just so physically gifted. I think the thing with him is he's kind of raw right now, but I don't say that in a bad way. I say that like if he keeps building on it and keeps figuring it out, he's going to be one of the best tight ends in the league. Just how fast he is, how built he is. I really do believe if he can figure it out, he's going to be a scary dude in this league for years to come. I really do believe that, close quote. Zach, I had to go back and listen again <clears throat> to make sure he wasn't asked about Noah Fant, that we were talking about the same guy here. Your reaction? I mean, good teammate. Again, one of those instances where what else is he going to say? He's supporting a young teammate and his, uh, you know, he's mentoring uh, Alberto, I'm sure, to some extent. Though, I mean, why not? Why even play it down? Why even play a game? Just get his bust ready, Alberto, put him in the Hall of Fame. Why even you see what he's made of? I don't, you know, he has, we talk about the Gronkowski, Hernandez duo. They could be with Fan and Alberto. They could be that, but they are so far away from that right now, Chad. They don't even have a Gronk or Aaron Hernandez. Both guys are still developing. Alberto, he certainly has the upside. He's shown in training camp. He has a connection, obviously, with Drew Locke. He has great red zone ability. He's a good guy to have on passing situations, but best tight end in the league. Not named George Kittle, not named Travis Kelsey. I mean, he has a long way to go before he's even a starter, let alone a yeah. star. I think it kind of gave Broncos fans some false hopes because 
even if it's true, even if he has the potential, Alberto, to become one of the best tight ends in the league, it's not something that fans are going to see coming out in the wash anytime in the near future, even if there's an injury to the depth chart ahead of him. Because no offense the guy this year, <clears throat> and when the Broncos need to run the ball and they need to go tight end heavy, which is going to be rare when they bring in more than one tight end on the field. <clears throat> Excuse me, I'm still battling this cold. It didn't get better in the interim. It actually got worse, so bear with me, game. But when he's on the field, when they need two tight ends, I should say, it's going to be Nick Vanett. And then, from what I'm told, I've talked to a lot of people uh, close to Dove Valley. They have some red zone packages that they're cooking up. The first team reps that Okuwe Boonham has received, it's in these red zone packages that Pat Shermer's getting creative trying to exploit that size and utilize his athleticism and kind of basketball skill set. But outside of that, Zach, I just don't think you're going to see a whole heck of a lot of Albert O, at least in 2020. <clears throat> 2021 might be a different different story. Right. Albert O reminds me a lot of the KJ Hamler pick in the sense that they can contribute in the interim, Chad, but they were selections made for the future. In terms of Albert O's upside, right now he's not even the best tight end on the Broncos roster, let alone the best tight end in the NFL. So they, not even the best tight end in the AFC West. Darren Waller, Travis Kelsey, they have a long way to go to match these these uh, prognostications and these comparisons. He could be that good. The offense will certainly be better because of Albert O, but Noah Fan is still the top dog there. And I think Nick Vanette kind of undercutting the main guy in charge right there, not you know overlooking who he has ahead of him. And no just for the sake of being fair and thorough, let me just read you. He was also asked about Fant's skill set and how unique he is. You know, when you're in media, you kind of posture these questions and set them up in a way to, to where you can kind of get the answers that you're looking for. <laughs> Such was the case here because he gushed so heavily on Albert O. He was like, well, we got to get we got to get a quote on Fant. Here's what he said. Quote, this is Van Ed on Fant. Anytime you get a tight end that runs a four five, who can catch the ball the way he does and can run the routes the way he does. That's so rare to come by in the league. I think last year he might have struggled a little bit blocking. I think this year <clears throat> he put on the weight. He took the offseason seriously, and you can tell that this is his coming out party this year, close quote. So he still paid respect and gave props to Noah Fant, but it kind of lacked the same zeal with which he talked about Alberto. He also criticized him. It was a backhanded compliment uh, uh, to the team's former first-round pick, the locked-in star, or at least starter at tight end. He called Albert O potentially the best tight end in the game, or one of them, but he said that Fant is up-and-coming. It just didn't seem like it was a level comparison. I don't know what the disconnect there, if there even is one between the three players. Maybe you know he's taken Albert O under his wing more than Noah Fant. I just, and I think you agree with me, I think most Broncos agree, Broncos fans agree, Noah Fant right now has a much higher upside and a much bigger uh, significance to the team than Alberto. He's just a much more polished gem. He's a more polished product at this point. Yes. Alberto, he's got a lot of shine to him, but he's like a rough boulder rolling down the mountain. And as he comes into contact with impediments along the way, it breaks off a piece and it smooths out. So by the time he gets to the bottom of the mountain, he's a nice, smooth stone. Right now, he's he's probably still three-quarters of the way up that mountain. He's got a lot of rolling down that he still needs to do. So, But, you know, Zach, on the other hand, stranger things have happened. I mean, the Broncos drafted Royce Freeman in the third round and signed Phillip Lindsay as an afterthought, and look what happened within a two-year window. It was completely reverse role. So you never know in this game we call the NFL. 
It's a good point. I mean, look at Darren Waller in Oakland. Who ever heard of him before last season? I mean, these guys can come on out of nowhere. The Broncos have a good tight end coach. They have a good scheme in place. But they also have a coordinator who doesn't lean on more than one tight end at most. So, again, any Broncos fan thinking Albert O is going to be anything more than a red zone weapon in 2020 is a little too optimistic. He's going to be a contributor going forward 2021 beyond. He could be a significant contributor, if not starter, but he's not anywhere close to usurping Noah Fant just yet, Chad. All right, gang. Well, we have a great show planned for you tonight. We are super excited to have on for the 11th Superstar segment, Chris Hernandez. You guys know him. You love him. We can't wait to get him here on the show in just a minute or two. First, though, we got to go through some really quick matters of business. And when I say really quick, with the way my voice is right now, I got I can't waste too much time. So I'm going to fire through this really quick. But as MHH continues to grow and the podcast, we're up 60%, Zach, in the month of August on Apple Podcasts wow. in terms of downloads and listens. So thank you, guys. We got a lot of new people joining the ranks, and we got to make sure you understand how to connect with us on Twitter at HuddleUpPod and then also on Twitter at MileHighHuddle. If you get those two accounts, followed you're not going to miss anything as it relates to the pod or breaking broncos news and analysis a gentle reminder to check out the merch store when you get some time huddleuppod.com get your swag on get yourself one of these mile high huddle trucker hats there's football priest t-shirts there's the let them hate t-shirt hoodies masks there's a little something for everybody if you're in a position to check that out that's another organic way to support what we're doing here at mile high huddle and if you're not in a position it's all good no matter if you're with us live or listening to this on demand as a podcast, each one of you can do these three things. Make sure you're subscribed, and that's especially crucial on YouTube, on Apple Podcasts. Like this video, like this episode, and if you really love what Zach and I are doing, bringing you this content on the daily, share it out though, uh, out there and help us continue to grow and reach new like-minded listeners just like you. And then one last thing, Zach, we got to shout out our Facebook supporters the the ranks over there continue to grow just love seeing that community it's it's in its infancy in terms of the supporter group itself our our community overall on facebook is vast but the supporter group it's just getting started and we want to shout out poppy's over there steve jerry michael emmy gerald chris of course who we're going to see here in just a few seconds roger jeff amber and if i missed anyone just i'm sick i'm not quite myself charge it to the game i'll catch you on on the on the next pod but shout out to you guys on facebook and if you want to look at becoming a supporter yourself we'll put the link right here in the chat stream and uh check it out if you're in a position to do so this is the overtime podcast network at golden harvest our best skill is knowing how to listen from our gold series soybean and game-changing corn portfolios to our expert insights housed in the Illuminate Digital Agronomy Platform. Everything we offer is an answer to what we've heard from you. This is how we listen. Copyright 2021 Syngenta. The trademarks or service marks used herein are the property of a Syngenta Group company. All other trademarks are the property of their respective owners. Getting that just right temperature or getting an energy efficient appliance. It's not only about making smart changes today, it's about creating brighter tomorrows with simple steps to save energy. Plus, you'll help protect the environment for years to come. A better world for you, your family, and your community. Get started with rebates and discover what energy efficient choices can help you power what's next at AlliantEnergy.com rebates. 
All right, Zach, the time has come. Let's bring on the one and only Chris Hernandez. Here he is in all of his glory, rocking the Let <laughs> Him Hate it. shirt. Like, Love it. Like a true, true <laughs> boss. And everyone knows Chris, but uh, Chris, we've been so excited and look forward to getting you on the show. It was supposed to be a lot sooner than today, but of course I botched the scheduling and, you know, we're really curious to hear because I've learned since we, we booked you for the show, I've since learned that you are one of our community members that really exemplifies the hashtag state of being. You That's have true. been in the Air Force for 24 years and we thank you for your service thank and you. we just, we love seeing that sure. and it means everything to us. But how did you become such a passionate Broncos fan with where you are in the world? Well, first off, I want to say cheers to my Ma, uh, Ma High Huddle fam. Heck yeah. Heck yeah, baby. Love Super it. Bowl 50. Roll 50. Um, the, the, I wish I could tell this story of how I obtained this this mug, um, but it's a family-friendly show, so I can't go into it <laughs> offline. But um, so this is the 11th segment, and, and I, I was like, Chad, I, I need to be on the 11th show because Steve Berline is my man. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty excited to be on the show. But um, how I became a fan. So my story is unique. Um, I've never lived anywhere my entire life, more than four years. I grew up in military, but my parents were in the army. And um, when uh, my mom uh, got out shortly after I was born, moved around a lot. And so I never truly had a place to call home. And um, so they were LA Rams fans, then St. Louis Rams fans and LA Rams fans. And growing up, I, w- I was a nineties skate punk. And I was like, eh, I don't care about football. It, that's that's I don't that's not my thing. Um, I'm skate or die kind of thing. And so joining the military, uh, my first assignment didn't uh, still skate or die. Then I, I got to Germany, and one of my friends, a huge football fan, um, he was a, a Vikings fan though, and he's like, Sundays football. I'm like, nah, Sundays aren't like that for me. And and slowly, he he got me into to football. Um, let me rewind it back. Um, before I joined the military, I was considering to go, uh, going to ASU. And so I, I learned a little bit about ASU and uh, the the football program there. And so Jake Plummer uh, was, was the quarterback there. So I kind yeah. of loosely followed his career. And so fast forward. And uh, in Germany, I'm like, okay, getting into football. Where Jake Plummer land? Oh, he's with Cardinals. Okay, uh, I'll... I'll watch them, I guess. Um, not so much. I, I got into to Madden 99 <laughs> was the first one. Man, I feel old saying that. But, uh, <laughs> and we both uh, <clears throat> And so uh, I started I, – I didn't I play with the Cardinals um, for, for the most part just so I could play with Jake Plummer. And then uh, – but being over in Germany, Armed Forces, the, the, what they had at the time was Armed Forces Network, AFN which would show at the uh, a few channels. And we wouldn't catch sports live very often. And never a Cardinals game. It was more Cowboys or um, yeah. Broncos type type games. And, and when I was over there, when they were winning uh, Super Bowls. And so I was like, huh, that's interesting. Uh, but still, Dick Plummer, maybe Cardinals. Um, my dad's from Phoenix. So I was like, okay, I'll, I'll mildly support him. Fast forward. Um, Jake Plummer is now with the, um, you know, he gets traded to the Broncos. And I'm like, okay. I was in Korea at that time. And 
at, at AFN boosted their their service and got to see a lot more games. And of course, the Bronco games were one. And I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm watching the Broncos and it's Jake Plummer. Everything's lining up. And so from then then on is when I became passionate of Broncos um, and have been watching them ever since. Dude, those were great years. The Plummer years that, you know, let's see, oh, three, four and five. I I know he was around for, um, you know, half of, well, technically all of 2006, the starter for half of that year. But that three and a half year window, man, those were those were great times. We got a super chat coming in real quick here from Kathy. Appreciate you, Kathy. She says, go get him, Chris. And using his hashtag that he has coined himself, click those little thumbs up. And by the way, gang, as as you guys know, thank you, Kathy. Any questions you have for Chris, get them in the chat stream. Zach and I have a few questions. I know Zach's got one ready for him here in just a second. Super chat, whatever, get your questions in, and we'll try and get to them while we have time and while we still have uh, Chris with us here tonight. Yeah, Chris, I I want you to kind of retell the audience the story that you were telling uh, John and I before we went on tonight about your one of your favorite memories as a Broncos fan. It's not Peyton. It's not Elway. It's another quarterback yeah, I, in uh, Broncos I mean, court. Because I came in uh, a little later, a little unique in that sort. And I know uh, Mundungus mentioned it on, on his segment, the, the uh, Tebow to uh, DT moment. Um, but moreover, it was that whole Tebow season is kind of uh, – my favorite, one of my favorite memories, because um, at the time I was uh, deployed to Afghanistan and um, looking forward to those games and the magic he brought and not knowing if they were even going to win. And it's like waiting three quarters before he actually turned it on. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, my goodness, oh, my goodness. Did I wake up at two in the morning to, to watch this? I got a long shot. <laughs> and then, <clears throat> on in the last two minutes and they win i'm like whoa this is awesome and then uh right before uh, i went on a i went on an outside the wire mission right uh, right after uh that that win the playoff win and i was like on a high i'm like yeah i can i'm invincible i could do anything if tebow could do it and dt can do it i can do it and um i was able that kept me motivated and it was just a a magical season that came at the right time in, in in my life very cool. It really was. It really thank you, was. Chris, thank you again for your service. I wanted to tell yes. you. I, thank that's you for what your I, support. Yeah, I've told my, uh, <clears throat> I think I've told this story on the podcast before, but, you know, when my kids were small, we were like, well, yeah, let's, you know, we're going to steer them toward college. You know, that's what you do. But as they've gotten older and as I've gotten wiser, if my kids want to go to college, I'm not going to tell them no. I'm going to do what I can to help them and support them. And, but way I'm steering them is <clears throat> Air Force or Navy right out of high school. And if they don't want to do that, it's all good. Um, but then maybe go into a trade. But yeah, we just appreciate what you do, my friend. And as you yeah, can see, you. you're getting a lot of love from the community. Quick shout out really Thanks. quickly here uh, to Edward, who is jumping in on Super Chat. Appreciate that. And he's he finally got his hat, as you can see there, gang. He got his football priest hat after just what was a really weird scenario. Um, go ahead and throw that, <clears throat> throw that one back up there, John. Our friend Adon. Jumping in on Super Chat. Appreciate you, my Thank friend. You. He says, keep rocking, Chris, Zach, and Chad. Hashtag mom's chicken soup. <laughs> all right. Um, <clears throat> all right, Chris. And, John, by the way, whatever you see as far as questions, direct questions for Chris and Super Chats for Chris, just uh, throw them on and we will get to them. But, and here's Zach. By the yes. way, that was Sunday night. Zachary joined us. So many, uh, so much positive feedback from, yes. from Zachary's debut. Chris, what did you think of his uh, podcast with us on Sunday night? Such an awesome dude. Um, 
I'm like, I'm going to have to follow this guy. Oh my goodness. <laughs> and, uh, and, and I'm, 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 I'm proud to say I'm a Broncos fan with them uh, because he, he uh, I, I, like I was telling you guys earlier, I, I'm not, I'm more heart than mind when it comes to Broncos fan. I don't remember a lot of stats, um, but this dude is on point. And, and I'm like, he can talk me in circles on yeah. any given day. And, and I, I, gosh, I just wish I could be like him. So um, mad props. That was an awesome segment. Okay, Chris, speaking of your heart, <clears throat> your head might be telling you one thing about this 2020 Denver Broncos squad, but what is your heart telling you about how things will shake yeah. out for Drew Locke and company? So I, <clears throat> I wear orange colored glasses. I really do. And But um, I don't know if you've seen that Chris Farley meme where you get the glasses and you flip them up and flip them down. <laughs> that, that's kind of how I wear them because I try to be a realist. Um, I know – I'm, I'm actually looking forward to this season. Uh, second year in uh, Fangio's defense, I, I think they're going to do well. A, a bold, bold prediction of mine. I think they're, this this uh, defensive unit get at least 50 takeaways, uh, combined forced fumbles, uh, fumble recoveries, and interceptions. Um, and that's in the I think the 2015, which is uh, team, which is uh, they were awesome. Um, but my my. I know projection-wise, I, I kept going back and forth, 10 and uh, 6, 9 and 7, and I got jumbled it so much a few weeks back. I, I said I was predicting 9 and 6, and I was like, oh, I can't math too well. Um, but <laughs> honestly, I'm like, uh, I'm like Duke. Uh, he, he said it a lot of time, 19 and 0 until proven <laughs> otherwise. And they're going to have to prove it otherwise um, because I, I believe in this team – um, I, I'm the guy that will watch the game until the very last second, until the last whistle blows. Um, Super Bowl 48. I, w- I was on the edge of my seat, still going. They can do this. They can do this. They can. Oh, they're not. They're not doing this. But, <laughs> yeah. it, was, it was heartbreaking, but it still was. I, I believed in them, and and this team. I'm excited. This young offense is it, is going to line them up and let them hate because they don't know. They, they don't know. And uh, what what this team is going to bring? Um, they have some nice offensive weapons that they haven't had in a long time. I think they have the right coaches in place that they haven't really had in a long time. And I think they're going to start gelling. It might be rough out of the gates, but once once they start going, uh, fireworks definitely. Uh, let them hate goosebumps right now, Chris. Uh, as someone also who thinks or, or you know pontificates with their heart sometimes over their brain, I have to just take a step back and I like to ask this question. What being a Broncos fan and being a passionate Broncos fan, what's been your least favorite memory, you know, in recent times with the Broncos? Man, my least favorite memory. I mean, the 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 easy one would be, I don't know, the 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 jet sweep, the jet sweep for from Noah Fan. Uh no, that's no. It's probably that Super Bowl 48 cuz um that 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 offense was a powerhouse. And I'm like, I, I know defense wins championships, but no one was stopping them. And it was just that first play of the game, ball flying over his head. I'm like, this this is not good. This, this is not good. And, and that's probably, um, again, I, I hate to bring up, but I was um, on my mid-tour during, uh, I, I was in Korea for a year, and that was my mid-tour. Uh, I went home, I actually went to New, or- New Orleans for a mid-tour and uh, went to a local bar to, to watch the Super Bowl. 
and they were supporting Manning because obviously, you know, the, the, yeah. the, you know, you know, went to high the school family. down there, but yeah. And, and so, um, I decked out in my, my orange gear and rooting and, and it was just such a disappointment to, to such a great season. Um, so I guess in, in recent memory, that's what I would go with. John, grab that question. If you still have it from James, I would, I would like to get that, uh, like to get Chris's thoughts on that if it's still available to you. If not, we can. I've got one here from Mike that we can three answer. Here we go. <clears throat> James Campbell jumping in from across the pond. He says, Chris, which position do you most see as the position of need for the Broncos in the short and medium term? If you want to drop some knowledge. So, this this is the one I think we've been like beating a dead horse over. It, but offensive tackle, like this this is uh, the offensive line is going to make or break this season. Or seasons to come, um, because if if Drew Locke does not have time to get the ball downfield, um, it's it's not going to work. If they can't open those lanes for Gordon or Lindsey, it's it's not going to work for this young bright offense. And so they have to lock down that offensive tackle uh, or the offensive line, but the tackle position more more moreover. Uh, with James hopping out, um, which honestly didn't surprise me because that's been his MO um, this whole, this whole time and bowls being bowls. Um, <laughs> funny story after every game in recent years, my, my wife would, uh, uh, she, she's uh, from uh, San Francisco. She's a Niners fan. So she doesn't really watch the games with me, uh, but she supports. And, uh, but after every game she started asking, so how many holds did uh bowls get? Um, <laughs> don't, don't, don't even ask. That's awesome. But, uh, but but to me, they, they need to really so, uh, um, get this line uh, solidified uh, if they want any success going forward with this hot young offense, potential hot young offense. All right, let me see here, John. If you have Big Kev, if you have his super chat, and then also Glenn Hauser and uh, Pobby. And in the meantime, I'm going to pull up this question this awesome super chat from mike evans everyone knows mike and we really appreciate the support as yeah. always my thank friend. you mike he wants to know we can three answer this who are you betting will win the third corner position bosby adam or michael o zach you start and then we'll go to chris I, bosby i mean i've never wavered from this and i won't waver from this yadam isn't even a, a consideration for me he'll be either a safety or like the number five cornerback this season for the broncos michael Lowe is just a little too raw plus he's, he's a little banged up now he has a soft tissue to work through uh bosby again i'm team big boss i'm big boss energy chat I, I like him a lot i think not only can he be the broncos third cornerback he can be a starting caliber corner for the long term beyond aj boyer beyond bryce callahan he can be a guy that broncos build around i'm that big of a fan of Bosby. What say you, Chris? I mean, not not to same. Honestly, um, I've been saying a, a few weeks back, Bosby. Uh, I'm impressed by this kid, and uh, uh, since last year, and I was I was bummed to see him get hurt. Um, but he, he's the one I think that's going to take it. Um, Michael O, you, you said is is injured just like that. Um, yep. Yeah, I don't even know why he's still on a team. I just uh, it's Elway trying to get what he can from from the kid not uh, just a show face uh honestly but um and, and maybe we can utilize him at, as a safety but uh, honestly yeah Bosby all the way i'm a huge fan of him that's just the way the arrows the tickers pointing towards Bosby and he's been banged up a little bit this week as well but coach Fangio yeah. said 
there's a 50-50 chance he'll be back on Thursday when they get back for the 11th practice. And by the way, we got Big Kev jumping in with a very generous super to say thanks for your service for our great country, Chris. Hashtag click those little thumbs up. Love it. And, of course, we concur. And we also got one here from Eclipse Stormborn in Philadelphia jumping in on Super Chat. Appreciate you, you, Troy. He says, happy hump day, Priest and Broncos family. Excuse me. Sorry, guys. Anyway, we keep Hamilton and Patrick, or is one definitely out? Get better, Chad. Hashtag state of being. Hashtag let them hate. Hashtag the M-H-H-U-N. Love it, dude. I'll get better. It's fine. It's nothing a little Sudafed won't, you know, assuage. But what's your answer, Chris? Let's 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 get one or two more in for you before we run out of time here. Do you yeah, think yeah. the Broncos are gonna are gonna keep both Hamilton and Patrick on the active roster this year, or is it one or the other? I I think it's one or the other. I think it's I personally think it's going to be Patrick, um, hmm. but uh, only only because of of how many t- <laughs> it's so funny how many tight ends they brought in, and it seems uh, there's a method to their madness of why they have the tight ends. Um, and, and be honest to me, I, I personally wouldn't do it. If, if it was my show, I, I would keep both. Uh, I think they both have a different flavor they can bring to the team. Uh, but just seeing how what they've been building uh, with the, the young wide receivers bringing in, it seems like 100 tight ends. Uh, it feels like they're going to cut more um, from the wide, wide receiver room. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Getting that just right temperature or getting an energy-efficient appliance. It's not only about making smart changes today, it's about creating brighter tomorrows with simple steps to save energy. Plus, you'll help protect the environment for years to come. A better world for you, your family, and your community. Get started with rebates and discover what energy-efficient choices can help you power what's next at AlliantEnergy.com rebates. As an agribusiness expert with Alliant Energy and a farmer, I know how important it is to get the most out of your land. I know that also applies to getting the most out of how your farm uses energy. That's why Alliant Energy offers free farm energy assessments. With a farm energy assessment, someone like me will find all kinds of ways to help you save money and energy. We can even connect you with rebates to help make energy equipment upgrades even more affordable. Schedule your free assessment at AlliantEnergy.com slash farm energy assessment. All right, let me see here. Um, John, I don't know if you can grab Pobby because I don't want to have a jump here. We're going to grab Pobby, wow. just keep, keep her on the screen. But I want to I riff off what you said there because, you know, Tim Patrick, I got to say, guys, I significantly undersold how the team felt about Tim Patrick. You know, I've, I've, I basically viewed him as Cortland Sutton's backup, you know, as a second-team guy. And that might end up being how it shakes out when K.J. Hamler finally gets healthy and gets worked into the offense the way this team plans on doing it. But for now, that first-team trio, Zach, it's Sutton, it's Tim Patrick, and it's Jerry Judy in the slot. So if it does come down to one of those two, I think it is going to end up being Patrick. But I will say this, not to disagree with one of our great superstars, but I think the stars are pointing towards the Broncos keeping both at this stage just to answer Troy's question. Yeah, I think so as well. And the thing about Tim Patrick, I'm a big Patrick guy as well. He's not just Cortland Sutton's backup. He's Cortland Sutton light. 
I mean, no one, few receivers in the NFL can beat Cortland Sutton, but he has a lot of the same measurables. Big possession receiver, good hands, a guy Drew Lock counts on and trusts. I really do like Tim Patrick as well, but I'm with you as well, uh, Chad. I think they will keep both guys and maybe even a sixth or seventh wide receiver with some injuries at the position right now. All right, we've got to grab Pobby's uh, awesome, very generous super chat. And like Chris, you know, she supports MHH on YouTube as a superstar, and then she also supports us on Facebook as a supporter, an official supporter in the merch store. And we all love Pobby, and she loves Chris like we love Chris. Great to have you in, Chris, she says. Thank you for all you do. Go Broncos. And Pobby, just speaking for all of us here at MHH, we love you. Hope everything's going well on your side of things and really appreciate everything you do for us here. Thank you, Bobby. Wow. The queen wow. coming in hard. <laughs> Jeez. The girls are flexing all over everybody tonight. This is awesome. The queen of MHH herself, Christy jumping in with a ridiculously generous super chat. Thank, Thank you so you, Christy. much. Christy means everything to us and keeps us going. When I'm feeling sick and I'm about ready to send a freaking text to Zach and John mm-hmm. and saying, guys, I'm out today. I'm like, nah, gotta, I got to show up for the community. And this is, this is how it helps us do that. So thank you, Christy. Thank and you. Uh, we appreciate you so much. All right. I've got one more question for you, Chris, and then we're going to cut you loose for tonight. <clears throat> Drew Locke, I know you touched a little bit on him when you were discussing your outlook for the team overall. But do you have any what, – what's your heart? Going back to the difference between your, your mind and your heart, what's your heart telling you about what 2020 has in store for Drew Locke? I, I think he's going to surprise a lot of people. I don't think they're giving him the credit he deserves. Um, okay. I know just a small five-game sample last, last year. Um, but for him to get injured in the preseason – basically be on virtual reality for a good portion of his, his training and then take a, uh, some some practice and jump right into the fire. Um, he, he impressed me last year with what he could do. I, I didn't expect as much from him, and he, he blew, blew it out of the water. Um, he's got he got maybe – it's a shortened offseason, be it, but this kid has shown he doesn't need an offseason. He doesn't need practice. He doesn't need time. He, he's, he's going to do it. Uh, so he, I think he's going to blow it up. Um, and that's why I, I teeter on that 9 to 10 uh, win range, if not more. I think that's the floor. Um, he's easily going to get, I would say, at least 3,300 yards and 24 touchdowns uh, with 10 interceptions. Uh, that, that's my floor for this kid. Um, it, you know, I, I try Again, I, I have a lot of heart with it, but I try to balance that with Okay, there's some re- reality. Pull it back. Don't don't hurt your heart too much. Uh, when when you know you go through the Kyle Orton or yeah, <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Well, <clears throat> let's uh, we'll cut you loose with this parting uh, super chat from Dennis Woods, who says, "Thanks for your service, Chris. Also, thanks to your family as well. They make a huge sacrifice too." Hashtag yes. Denver Broncos for life. Very, we absolutely concur. Chris, thank you for joining us. Guys, make sure you're following Chris on Twitter. He is a great Twitter follow. Trust yeah. on this. Let me uh, let me remove this. Thank you again, Dennis, for your support, my thank friend. You, you can see right here how to find him on Twitter. If you look in his uh, video box there, at K-R-Y-S-S-H-I-Z. Chris Chris is. So anyway, Chris, thank you so much. And for your patience as well with my 
botching of the superstar segment scheduling. Appreciate you so much, my friend, everything you mean. And we're going to continue our conversations that we are having off air about Ooh. our connections to 90s skate punk and, and punk rock music and the bands we both know and all that. So look forward to talking to you again. And thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. I just want to say thank you all for your support because I see it in the stream. Um, thank you me for my service. Thank you for your support. And don't forget, click those little thumbs up. <laughs> all right. Thanks, Chris. Chris, Thank have you. a great night, my friend. Thanks again, and uh, we appreciate you giving us some time tonight. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promotes surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. All right, there he goes, Chris Hernandez. Dropping some knowledge, very erudite. I loved hearing his thoughts on the issues at hand. And, you know, he's just one of those guys that brightens up every single stream that he is in in the community. And uh, when we were talking before we went live here, Zach, in fact, I think it was before you joined us. It's like, oh, I hope I do okay. And I was like, I can already tell, dude, you're going to do just fine on the live stream. So great talking to Chris. Uh, you know, it's not easy to follow Zachary from Sunday Night Chat, but Chris killed it. He did a great job, and he has, he's been so supportive, pod in and pod out. If he can't even stay, he just encourages people to give us a thumbs up because that's what helps us so much. It's so integral to our show being uh, built up and being and growing and being more interactive. We appreciate every single podcast that Chris has done with us. We love talking to him. I always like, Chad, when, when our super stars on these segments, they don't give an Elway answer or a Peyton answer. They change it up with a Tebow answer. I love learning about the backstory of Broncos country and how they became Broncos fans, their best moments, their worst moments, and I thought Chris's answers were very unique. Amen. <clears throat> Excuse me. Jeez, this frog in my throat. <clears> Terry <throat> Randall jumping in. North of the 49th parallel up there in Canada. Proving- Thank you, Terry. Like Chris, the Broncos country is not a geographic location. It is wherever you are. It is a state of being. 
Appreciate you, my friend. And uh, hashtag Broncos World. You know uh, we love you, my dog. Hope you're doing okay up there. Also, we got Black Knight 232 checking in. Appreciate that Thanks. super chat, my friend. He says, uh, <clears throat> oh, yeah, I forgot to help with the Twitch thing. I can help tomorrow. Can't do it Friday. Got a hurricane coming up my way. Oh, Ooh, no. Well, hold on for dear life, my friend. Hope everything goes okay with that and uh, you stay safe. Yeah, well, uh, you know, right now, new projects for me, I'm putting on the back burner till I kick this bug. But definitely let's keep in touch and I could use any help and support on uh, on the old Twitch machine that I can get. All right, really quick here. <clears throat> Zach, I want to get your thoughts on an article we published today at milehighhuddle.com. Um, actually, let me see something here. One second, gang. Apologies for the dead air, but I want to make sure I am communicating. I'm reading my producer the right way. All right, Zach, today I published an article. Let me do a quick <clears throat> share screen here. Um let me pull it up. Bear with me one second, gang. This is a good summation type article of everything we've learned about these Denver Broncos. Ten practices in. All right, that's a good number to start doing a little analysis and retrospective. And I basically, I just simplified it. The, the good and the bad. And I'm a guy that when it comes to good and bad news, Zach, I always want the bad news first. Hit me Same. with the worst. Right. Give that to me first. So that's what we open with <clears throat> in the article here. The first thing, and I want to get your thoughts on it as far as the bad, something we touched on in Monday's podcast. It was a gut reaction to Justin Sternod being done for the season with the wrist. But the first thing is just the injuries that are mounting. And you could tell, Zach, following Monday and Tuesday's, well, I, I should say Monday's practice. Um, no, excuse me. No, it was Monday's practice. Fangio was a little bit shook. You could tell that he was, for whatever reason, like you think, oh, well, the NFL should expect <clears throat> that all these injuries are going to happen because there was no offseason training program. And the only analogy we really have to go off for 2020 is 2011 with the lockout. <clears throat> and in that sense, you know, there is some truth to that. But Fangio has, was surprised by the number of injuries the Broncos have suffered, not just Justin Sternad, who's done for the season, but you're missing key contributors. This team is planning on making a difference this year, like Todd Davis at linebacker. So you got two linebackers that are off the table. K.J. Hamler, the second-round pick, is just MIA. Von Miller, of course, had the elbow, but he's back. Melvin Gordon missed a few days with ribs. Tim Patrick. Uh, there's a few guys. Devontae Bosby. Uh, Mike Purcell. There's a few guys. Michael Ojemudia. But, Zach, the biggest thing <clears throat> excuse me, out of the gates is that they got to get a handle on this injury bug thing. And the problem is there might not be a way to fully – you know, tackle that because it's just part of what they're going to have to go through with there having been no football all the way up until day one of camp. Yeah, Van, Fangio definitely was a little uh, annoyed and uh, frustrated. He kept saying, same, 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 soft tissue, soft tissue. It, it's it's what you expect with no acclimation period, a true acclimation period. And what I mean by that is a normal offseason, mini camps, OTAs, normal practices, not waiting until August to get going. You're going to see a rash of these injuries. Even Tyree Kill, I think, pulled a hammy out in Kansas City. I mean, it's going to happen. You just have to manage the severity. Fortunately, the Broncos haven't been dealt, aside from Sternod, with many 
any serious season-ending significant injuries. And that's going to be the case going forward. You're going to have some guys getting nicked and bruised and cut. It's part of the game, especially this offseason. Fortunately, in most areas, the Broncos can withstand a guy like Hamler sitting out a few practices or a guy like Ojemudia sitting out free, free practices. They have other guys who can step up. But I do understand Fangio's frustration, though – I mean, you have to look in-house, look in the mirror. Why is that happening? Are you pushing the Broncos too hard? Are the practices too long? Is Lauren Landau doing something that he shouldn't be doing in his strength and conditioning? So I understand his frustration, but maybe there's a way they can mitigate some of these injuries. Because when you have four or five guys who are out, 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 same, 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 that's more than just a coincidence. It's more than just a trend. That's a problem. It is indeed. All right, the other thing is when we're talking about – less than perfect i mean nothing's perfect in the early stages of training camp but bad news or you know lackluster so far i think has been the initial developments at center austin schlotman between him and pat morris you know they just couldn't quite uh form a a cohesive starting five and granted you've got elijah wilkinson on at right tackle that's just been a sieve we'll talk about him in a minute but neither one of those guys you know the first three four practices man they could not get the run game going they could not Really, I mean, Drew Locke had a lot of pressure in his face. But the good news is here, Zach, they've started working Lloyd Cushenberry into the rotation the last couple of days. He's basically been the the sole guy on first-team center. So it'll be really interesting because a lot of times when when the team in training camp takes a day off, similar to getting that uh, bye during the week uh, or during the regular season, they do a little self-scouting. If they're going to make any adjustments or changes, that's when they typically make those decisions. So it will be interesting to see if it's Cushenberry at center on Thursday with the ones or if they end up rotating back and giving the Schlotman. I don't think it's Morris is going to really factor that much more into the first-team looks. I think right now if it's between anybody, it's Schlotman and Cushenberry. But what do you think is going to happen? What do you think you were going to see on Thursday? You can't put the, the cork back in the wine bottle. Once you have Cushenberry as a starting center running with the ones and he's holding up relatively well, why go? Why take a step backward? Why undo that progress? He's your center of the future. He's that young, talented offensive lineman you committed a third-round draft pick to to supplement your young franchise quarterback to literally keep him upright as the QB of the offensive line. I don't see Morris being competitor for the spot. Obviously, I don't see Schlotman being competitor. This is Cushenberry's job to lose. And the only way he loses it from here until week one is an injury or literally falling on his face being that bad. I don't see that happening. He is the far and away the most superior center on the roster, and the Broncos finally recognize that. They're not going to go backward. All right, let me see here. Moving on. Backup quarterback when we're talking about the bad. Jeff Driscoll, just suffice to say, he the early returns are not good on this guy. Now, he's, to his credit, he has kind of balanced out a little bit the last few practices, but the first week, essentially, of, of training camp, it was a SHI you-know-what show from Jeff Driscoll, and if he's supposed to be the fail-safe, if anything, you know, knock on wood, were to happen to Drew Locke, like, I don't even think the Broncos could trust him to get by for one game, let alone step in and, you know, carry the carry the torch, so to speak, but how much of an issue do you think that really is when you have the third string guy one year removed from being a college free agent, undrafted rookie, Brett Rippon, basically outpaying the guy, outplaying the guy that you paid, you know, a few million bucks to come in and be your veteran failsafe. 
I mean, he's a veteran because he has experience. He's not better in any scenario or any instance than Rippon uh, only because he has experience in the NFL. I don't really care who wins that spot because, like we've been saying, unless you have like a Jameis Winston or I don't even know who, unless you have an elite starting caliber like an Andy Dalton backup quarterback, if your starter goes down, your season's over. If Locke goes down, it doesn't matter if it's Rippon. It doesn't matter if it's Jeff Driscoll. It doesn't matter if they put Elway under center. They're going to be in trouble badly so i like the idea of having jeff driscoll on the roster i supported his signing because i didn't want a Jameis winston i didn't want a keenum coming back here i didn't want him looking over shoulder lock at a high profile backup who's going to cause controversy and position battles and just unneeded static in that locker room if driscoll can hold up he has not had a good camp as long as he's holding a clipboard and lock stays healthy that's the way it should be all right. It goes without saying right tackle is a little bit of a concern here. It hasn't been great. There was some silver lining toward the end when we heard that and saw that DeMar Dotson was getting some second team reps or at least was running with that second team offensive line. Drew Locke took a few snaps with Drew Locke there. Um, I wish I could say I have faith that you're going to see DeMar Dotson at right tackle coming out of this day off. I think the Broncos are going to wait till the last second to make a decision there if they do make a decision. For whatever reason, Zach, they seem to be dead set on Elijah Wilkinson being their guy at right tackle. And maybe it's that RFA tender that they're locked down on. They're guaranteed, you know, that he's guaranteed to get something like three, just shy of three million or right around three million. I don't know, but it really is mystifying because he has been his inability to play consistent and hold up consistently against the edge rush has been very disruptive to the offense's ability at times to get into a groove and do its thing. Uh, this reminds me a lot of like shoehorning Joe Flacco out there at quarterback last year. They just, they want to make Elijah Wilkinson a thing and he's never going to be a thing at right tackle. He's not even a tackle. They signed a pure tackle who has nine years of starting experience. Why they wor- work in a rookie center to the first string reps, but not a nine year pro with a hundred career starts who they just signed to be your pure right tackle is beyond me. Get him out there, get him with the first string, get him familiar with Locke and Glasgow and the rest of the offensive line, and let's stop this madness. Wilkinson is a backup. He's a guard and a backup, not a tackle and not a starter. It's as plain as day and clear as that. We got the whizzy in the hizzy. Mundungus jumping in with a hoo-ha. Hoo-ha, excuse me. You know, when I hear that, I think of <laughs> Al Pacino's <Careful> character <laughs> in uh, – have you ever seen the movie Scent of a Woman with Al Pacino? That's a hoo ah Yeah, he got the Oscar for that. Yeah. Dude, I watched that movie, I don't know, sometime during the shutdown this past spring and was reminded of just how excellent of an actor he was. I would say in his prime, but, you know, he was his prime lasted a lot longer than most actors. All the way up until very recently, I would say Al Pacino is just phenomenal. And not to, to knock him now, it's not like he's doing terrible work now, but that that role that he took in the 90s man that was a phenomenal movie and thanks mundungus it was for sure uh let's uh oh man chris you don't have to do that bro chris he comes on he contributes to the content and then he jumps on super chat and shows us some love thank you my friend and that's extremely generous and it really was a pleasure getting to not only chat with you on uh, on the air, but behind the scenes and, and what we have in common. So I look forward to continuing that. He says, seriously, thank you all for your support. Much love to you all. Cheers. And you know what's next, gang? Click those little thumbs up. Appreciate that, my friend. 
much love to you and we look forward to getting you back on in the near future we'll see what the regular season brings us by way of uh, opportunity to have the superstar segments we plan on keeping it going during the season but might not be quite as heavy but we do want to rotate people back on and chris you're definitely one of them my friend so thank you again and um all right let me uh let me Zach, let me turn the page to some good. Let's, I mean, linebacker depth, I guess, is the last thing that we got to talk about. We don't really need to spend too much time on it because we have quite a bit in the last few days. But obviously, with Davis out and Sternod, of course, done for the season, you got to just hope and pray to the football gods that nothing happens to Josie Jewell and that Todd Davis can get back in time for the season opener, which all signs point to that being uh, how it's going to shake out. But Josie Jewell, we learned on Tuesday after practice, man. It's it's does not sit well with him that he is not a starter. He wants to be a starter again. Surprise, surprise. But especially for him. Remember, he was a three time captain at Iowa and was basically went right from being a rookie to plugged in as a starter in 2018. I think it was when Brandon Marshall was his last stand and it didn't go well. So they plugged Josie in with Todd Davis and he started nine games as a rookie, entered the 2019 camp year one with Fangio as the incumbent starter with Davis open the season as a starter without Davis. Uh, and Co- it was him and Corey Nelson, which put Jewel in a bind because Nelson did not know what he was doing. Then he ends up getting injured. I want to say it was a groin week three. That gives way eventually to Alexander Johnson getting the opportunity in week five, and the rest is history. So with Jewel, as long as he can stay healthy, I'm not going to advise fans to panic here. But the depth beyond Jewel, man, it is precipitous, the drop-off. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, it, it's I thought we were past this. You know, we're hoping that Jewel stays healthy. We're hoping that Todd Davis comes back and he's a starting linebacker. It's like, what, did we move past this? Didn't we have A.J. Johnson? We drafted Sternob. We have some young inside linebackers and we're leaning on more of the same. Jewel can hope all he wants and, and, and want to be a starter in the NFL, but he's proven he's a backup in the NFL, at least with the Broncos. He doesn't have what it takes to be a three-down linebacker. He was exposed in coverage. He's not all that overwhelmingly great against the run. He's kind of just there. And the only reason we're hoping he starts is because the Broncos literally don't have another capable guy behind him. This is why they should sign someone like Nigel Bradham so they don't have to cross their fingers and their toes that Jewel stays healthy, considering their inside linebacker problems and their curse they have there. In the last couple seasons, um, it, it, can they get by with Josie Jewell? Can they mask his deficiencies? Yes. Is it preferable? No. It's just something you have to do. That Sternot injury still eats at me, Chad. I hate that for him, and I hate it for the Broncos. It really sucks. It really does. It really does. All right, let's let's talk about some good. And John, I don't know if we have missed anybody. I don't want to skip any of our superstars. We I'll go back into YouTube and check here in case we did. Um, oh, this is good news, Joseph. He's negative for the, for the word that nice. shall go un, unmentioned. Uh, sinus infection. Hey, man, I'm oh. feeling that. I don't, I don't know that I have that, but I feel your pain, my friend. So do I. Um, it was awful. And glad, yeah, Zach was laid low for a while there, uh, I don't know, a month and a half back. So They are not pretty, fun at all. Not at all, man. It sucks. Uh, we got Freddie A. jumping in to say on Super Chat. Thank you, Freddie. Thank you. Uh, hey, guys. Can't wait for that Monday night football game. Hashtag Broncos. Zach, I don't know about you, but I'm tired of the anticipation of having the season opener. You wait. <laughs> you can't wait. And yeah. then you're the last game on the schedule. Not only are you the last game on week one, but you're game two in a Monday night doubleheader. And 
It's just, why is it continuing to happen to these Denver Broncos? I don't know. I mean, I've been covering the Broncos for four years. Three of those four years, they've been the second Monday night game, Chad. I Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. It ends at 2 o'clock in the morning, East Coast time. Uh, it's it's a lesser Monday Night Football uh, broadcasting crew. It's kind of just buried. And that's going to be a good matchup. I mean, it's the Broncos and the Titans, two smash-mouth defenses, two great running games. I think the Broncos will win 19 days away from the NFL regular season opener for the Denver Broncos in 2020. It felt like it was never going to happen, and it's less than three weeks away. I cannot wait either. All right. We got a few more supers that are waiting for us. John, after Freddie here, let me see. Uh, Duke says, Chad, you need to load up on vitamin C crystals. It will legitimately help. I don't, I've never heard of vitamin C. I mean, obviously vitamin C, I know what that is, but the crystals, I'm not aware of that particular product. I'll look into it, doc. I've been eating garlic. This is something I was told a long time ago. It has a compound in it called Allison that really helps your immune system doesn't make you very pleasant to be in close personal quarters with another living human being after you've eaten raw garlic whole and you have to chew it to release the compound, I'm told. So I've done that. I've, I've suffered through that. And I'm hoping tomorrow's the day where I wake up. I'm like, all right, I'm on the I'm on the back nine of this thing. I haven't heard that either. That's interesting. We got D-Dub jumping in again with just wow. generosity <laughs> that is just blows our minds and is very moving to us dale across the pacific there in paradise in hawaii thank you so much my friend really he says alberto so unique skill set like gronk who didn't run crisp routes his size speed combo is a huge problem because he is a moving block out fast in seam or out 
All he has to do is put his huge hands in the air without jumping at speed, touchdown threat. Zach, that is one thing that he brings to the table is that size speed combo. I mean, six foot five, 255 pounds, and he ran faster than Noah Fan at the combine, 449. I've heard enough, Chad. First Nick Vanette, then Dale. Get get him to Canton. Don't even have him play. Don't even risk him. Just get him into the Hall of Fame. Now I'm just playing with you, Dale. He, he he does have those qualities. I mean, the Broncos, we talked about it in the open tonight. They do have a very loose potential uh, Gronkowski-Hernandez duo in Fan and Albert O. Again, I like what Alberto brings on paper. I like theoretically what he can bring to the Broncos offense. Obviously, his connection with Drew Locke is important, but he's so raw right now. Chad's um, stone analogy, diamond, whatever he used, that was spot on, that he still has a ways to go before he's down the mountain and he's a finished product. He's not even rolling just yet. He is all these different crap, you know, different things they have to remove from his his outer layers before you expose the diamond in the rough, literally and figuratively. Yeah, it'll take a little time. But, Dale, don't let that <clears throat> dissuade you from we – are, we are excited about this kid. You know, he's got a lot of potential, and it's going to be fun. It really is. This was something Chris spoke to when he was on with us. They have an embarrassment of riches at tight end, and, you know – once you get through those first three guys, Noah Fant, Vanette, and then Albert O, I still think I wrote about this today that Jake Butt is going to make this 53. And if I'm wrong, I'll eat my crow. But even beyond him, Zach, Troy Fumagalli, who was quiet to open camp, has had two really strong days at camp, back-to-back, ca- making big-time catches in the red zone, skying up over guys, getting his tippy-toes down. Yeah. And, you know, Andrew Beck, he brings the fullback capacity to the table when they do run a fullback set with the first team offense he's the one that runs out there and plays that fullback now as we've talked about on this podcast more than once you know most six foot four six foot five 250 pound tight ends they can get down in a three-point stance set hut and run to the hole and blow up a linebacker but still it's going to be a tough decision for this team when it comes time to figure out which tight ends they keep on the active it's a good problem to have. I just think in Fumagalli's case, it's too little too late. I, I mean, you're being outshined by rookies, by veterans, by pure blockers and Nick Vanette. It's just it, it's a bad position for Fumagalli to be in, having so many people on the depth chart. It, it's one of those situations where you just look for a fresh start, I believe. If the Broncos do move on, he might latch on elsewhere. He obviously has pass-catching talent. The Broncos did draft him for a reason. But there's just so many other guys ahead of him right now. They're not going to keep that many on the roster that it makes his odds of cracking the week one squad just negligible all right let's quickly move on to to the good okay what we've seen so far that is noteworthy and should cause some optimism and hope and excitement in broncos country and first and foremost it's drew lock up to this point he seems to i would say he has shown a surprising command of pat Shermer's scheme for the few amount of reps like pat Shermer talked about i think it was sunday the broncos made him available coming out of that day off on saturday And he's like, look, normally eight practices in, we're still in May. And we just had our eighth practice together for, you know, our first eight practices. Here we are in end of August. With that being said, putting that in context, I think Drew Locke is, has really impressed his coaches up to this point with being as far down the path in terms of install and assimilating this thing and making sure his guys are on the same page and knowing everybody's responsibilities as you can expect. Now, you know, you want him to challenge and push the boundaries. Vic Fangio has talked about this 
in training camp. You want him to utilize the lower stakes of training camp to, you know, figure out what his limitations and what the boundaries are within this scheme. So he's thrown a few picks, but he's also gotten in his fair share of licks on this defense. And the offense, this isn't the days of Trevor Simeon and Paxton Lynch where day in, day out, it was the defense dominating the offense and just bullying them to a point where the coaches have to come in and say, hey, can you dial it back so we can actually run some plays here and try and get a few reps for the offense? Those days are gone. Drew Locke has got some skins on the wall so far, and you can tell that the defense, they are taking a little bit of a sigh of relief because even though they're going to you know, they're gonna be relied on this year, you know, especially early on, like Peyton Manning talked about on Friday, I think they believe from what they're seeing, they're not going to have to carry the load this time. And that is thanks in large part to what Drew Locke is showing out there. Yeah, I, the Broncos coaches, Chad, they weren't looking at Drew Locke's arm in, in training camp. They were looking for, as you just hinted at, they were looking for how he bounces back from an interception, how he gets his guys together, how he leads, his mental processing, how he deals with adversity. I mean, his arm angles, his uh, breaking a huddle, all the intangibles that go into playing the position. It's not just throwing a ball long or throwing it hard. We all know Locke can do that. He showed that last year when he went 4-1. and one. They want to see, though, how he grew up in the position from year one to year two and having a guy like Pat Shermer in his corner, Mike Shula in his corner and going up against a Broncos defense of this caliber. It, while it could be frustrating and confounding and they have their bad days on offense, Denver does, it makes them so much better because how many defenses in the NFL are as good as the Broncos? And if Drew Locke can beat them, he can beat almost anyone in the league. We got a few more good things we want to talk about, but we got to grab this super and question from one of our superstars in the community, Ron Dub, who always brings the thunder with his questions. Yep. Thanks for the support, Thank you, Ron. Ron. Much love to you, my friend. He says, hey, guys, long time. Who do you think will be the best Broncos wide receiver when it is all said and done? <laughs> Another great question. Uh, this, this was a debate from, I think, uh, building the Broncos and the community uh, last night had a little debate on this topic. But he says, who will be the best Broncos wideout when it's all said and done? Rod Smith, DT, Cortland, Judy, or Hamler? Huh. I still – I'm going to hedge – with the guy who I still believe is the best wide receiver in franchise history and Rod Smith. You got a you got a lot of mountain to climb to get to Rod Smith's level. Yeah. But I will say this. If there's anyone in that list of names who could who could get there, Sutton and Judy. I mean, Judy still has a lot to prove, but he's he's been so impressive this early on that you gotta expect great things from him. But Cortland Sutton, man, I think we're gonna see something really special this year, Zach, when he uh, his cleats finally hit the grass. Yeah, this is a great question, and uh, let me just throw out, I'm getting rid of Hamler, and I'm getting rid of DT. As good as DT was, Rod Smith is still better, and DT's time in a Denver uniform is over. So it comes down to me is Sutton versus Rod Smith versus Jerry Judy, and I don't think as good as Jerry Judy has looked, and he could be, Cortland Sutton already is that good. He is already a top 10 wide receiver, and he's had crap quarterbacking every year he's been in the NFL, minus five games last season. If that lock development takes three steps forward four steps forward if it's the year of drew lock he is in for a huge season and a huge career in broncos orange and blue i just don't think judy's there yet i think for now to answer the question on august 26th it's still rod smith but when it's all said and done i've been saying this for three four months now when it's all said and done Cortland sutton will be regarded as the best broncos receiver in history better than rod smith i am that big of a fan and i'm that confident in his abilities we have had such an active chat tonight because Chris just got everybody going that the stream has just been on fire and it jumped one of our bona fide superstars and MHH Mount Rushmore members. 
Glenn Hauser in the house on Super Chat. Thank Thanks, you, my friend. And he, he's got a message for Chris. Thanks for all you've done to keep us safe, Chris. Hashtag MHH, hashtag State of Being, and hashtag Lil Thumbs Up. So thank you, Glenn, and much love to you as well. All right, Zach, before we run out of time here, I want to run through the Locke to Sutton connection. I think we've already spent enough time on Locke and uh, Sutton, but that is they're picking up right where they left off. Those five right. games they got together, man, it served as a good foundation, a good jumping off point, and we can't wait to see what's next. Jerry Judy, man, he's had a couple of days that he probably wishes he had back, some kind of um, minor welcome to the NFL type moments, but by and large, he has been – he doesn't look like he's a rookie out there and the type of response he's getting from his teammates. It's not the typical platitudes that you hear when a veteran is forced by the media to talk about a rookie. I mean, you're hearing guys like AJ Bouye, Kareem Jackson, and even Bryce Callahan saying, look, I've loved going up against him because he's so good. He's such a developed route runner. So nuanced that it's making me better as a DB. But I mean, how much of that do you read into where it's this early in camp, Nothing's happened yet in terms of a meaningful game. Do you let that at this stage, based on what we've seen from Judy, dampen your expectations for this kid at all? No, I, I read into it a lot because we've seen the workout videos. We've seen his route running. We've seen the moves he's put on uh, Devontae Harris, literally putting him on skates and breaking his ankles. I mean, he's done it onto a field, and it's translated already from college to the pros. doesn't say he's a finished product uh, by a long shot, but when you have people like Emmanuel Sanders wanting to learn more from Jerry Judy, Emmanuel Sanders, former pro bowler, Super Bowl champion, one of the best receivers, I would say, of this generation, and he's asking a rookie for tips and tidbits and how to get better – That says a lot to me. And it's funny, Chad. The Broncos are so universally either hated or ignored. That's why the let him hate hashtag exists. But it seems like for Jerry Judy, he's the only player on the Broncos roster who's getting all this national attention. Even today, I forgot who tweeted it. They said, I can't believe the Broncos got the best route runner in college football the last 10 years with the number 15 overall pick. So he's the real deal. He's legit. I'm not going to say... I'm stopping short of saying he's better than Sutton right now or will be better than Sutton, but he is dynamic, and I think from day one, he's not a rookie. He, he's It looks like he's been in the NFL for 10 years already, Chad. He's a, a lot of Amari Cooper vibes to him, and it's not just on paper. He's proving it on the field. That's what's exciting. You've got guys like Emmanuel Sanders seeking him out to kind of get a few tips on his route running prowess, so nothing but, uh, but net so far from Jerry Judy. Yeah. We got uh, Major Payne jumping in on Super Chat, a name that I don't recognize. Welcome. And new to Super Chat. Thank you, Major Payne. Really appreciate your support. He says, hey, guys, been watching you guys for a while, but hadn't caught a live show till now because of my work schedule. Keep up the good work. The FPR keeping me informed on everything Broncos related. Much love. Hashtag state of being. Love it, Major Payne. Appreciate you, my friend. And that was a good movie by the way, Damon Wayans back in the day, but uh, love it. All right, Zach, let's mow through just one or two more and then we'll get out of here for tonight. Philip Lindsay, we've talked about this on the podcast once or twice, but he's, he's basically playing out there. Like he's a man on a mission. He's trying to send a message, like every single rep that he takes, he had one day that he probably wishes he had back where he not only had a rare, extremely rare, I should say fumble. He's still yet to fumble in the regular season as a pro. Uh, and a drop, but outside of that, he's shown out, shown well, relatively speaking, as a receiver out of the backfield and just seems like a spark plug. I have to wonder how much of those days that Gordon missed, Melvin Gordon missed two and a half, 
three days if you count the day he was limited to individual with that rib injury. But Philip Lindsay, man, he has just looked like he is a man with a mission. I love that first sentence right there because he really has attacked training camp like it's personal, and it is. He wants a contract, he wants the RB1 title, and he will earn that this season. I think you and I are both in agreement with that. Gordon is going to be the RB1 because the Broncos are paying him that way. I think the better talent overall will shine through, and to me, that's Philip Lindsay. If anyone exemplifies the let him hate hashtag this season, it's Philip Lindsay. And aside from Locke and Sutton and Judy, I cannot wait to see Lindsay shove it down everyone's throat, including John Elway's. And for what it's worth, um, Melvin Gordon has looked really good. But he's approached training camp like it's a like it's a marathon, not like it's a sprint. He's played very well. He's played within himself. He's kind of pacing himself, I guess. And maybe that's by virtue of his this being his sixth year in the league. He should look good. That's he, he should. Yeah, that's true. And he's looked like the genuine article when it comes to being that receiver out of the backfield, actually running routes downfield. Uh, Dion Rodriguez jumping in with our last super chat of the night. And then Thank Zach you, and I got to get out of here for this evening. Really appreciate that, Dion. He says, I agree with you, Zach. I want Judy to have a great career here, but I'm a huge Cortland Sutton fan and have been since he was in college. I want him to be the best wide receiver in yeah. Broncos history. And he's got a chance. I mean, you know, it took a couple of years for Rod Smith to go from the practice squad to the to the starting lineup, and he ended up by the time he hung up his cleats, being well over 10,000 in receiving yards and the all-time leading receiver in Broncos history. Demarius Thomas, <clears throat> you know, his first and second year, I think the best he had was 500 yards, and that was in year two, catching passes from Tim Tebow because he entered the league with a foot injury and then he got hurt again. So it took him some time getting up to speed, and it was a fortuitous event getting Peyton Manning. Cortland Sutton, meanwhile, is off to a faster start compared to those two guys, relatively speaking, 600-some-odd yards as a rookie, 1,200 almost uh, in his second year. And it seems like he has established more momentum faster than either one of those guys. And I think that speaks to what his ceiling and ultimate destiny as a Bronco could end up being. Let's look at the one common denominator linking all these wide receivers. Rod Smith had Elway, DT had Peyton Manning, and Cortland Sutton hasn't had anyone. Now he has Drew Locke. So if Locke is anywhere near that stratosphere of Elway or Peyton Manning, not saying he will be, but if he's anywhere near that, Cortland Sutton will be the biggest benefactor of this Broncos offense. Not Hamler, not Gordon, not Judy, Cortland freaking Sutton. Already a top 10 guy, already one of the best receivers in Broncos history, Chad. I I know it's a fairly long list. They've had a lot of great guys there, but he is this generation's type of wide receiver. Just a a, a dominating presence on the field, 70-30 balls, 80-20 balls. There are no more 50-50 balls when Sutton's on the field. He is literally redefining the position, at least in Denver, and I think he will go down, uh, depending on Locke's development, as one of, if not the best, wide receivers in Broncos franchise history. By the way, DeWalter Drills, it's good to see you, my friend. It's been a minute since we've seen you, but I know you've got uh, things cooking with your job and moving around for the job and hope everything's going well for you in Kentucky, my friend. All right, last question from our Facebook supporter, Steve, and we got to get this one. He wants to know what matchup are you looking forward to most in the season opener against the Titans? Steve, thanks for the question. I'll let you start on this one, Zach, and then we'll get out of here for tonight. 
I mean, the obvious one is seeing how Locke does in his first game of the year, but I'm looking really at Jarrell Casey versus the Titans interior line. I really expect him to get after Ryan Tannehill, and I would not be surprised if the game flips on a Jarrell Casey sack fumble where he literally changes the game based on vindication and redemption being traded away for a seventh-round draft pick. Um, other than that, I'm looking forward to the offense overall, Chad. All the new moving parts, Drew Locke, Sutton, uh, Judy, those two matchups, starting with Jarrell Casey. I have my eye on. You said it. I just can't wait to see how Jarrell Casey plays in his revenge game against the Titans. They dealt him away for a pittance. I'll never understand that move. Honestly, I'll never understand Thank it. Thank you. <laughs> like a man on a mission. You want to talk about missions? This guy's on a mission, and I can't wait to see that. And just overall, seeing what kind of juice this offense plays with to open up the season, it's going to be really fun to see how it shakes out. But gang, we got to get out of here for tonight. Thanks to each and every one of you for spending some time with us here, joining us live. A mile high salute to our Super Chat superstars and our Facebook supporters. We love you guys. And Chris Hernandez coming onto the show, dropping some knowledge and just getting a chance to to know him better and, and hear his thoughts and views on the issues at hand. And here he is. Thank you, MHH fam, says Chris. And thank you, Beast. You make it happen. Have a great night. You too, my friend. We'll catch up. We still got some stories and some more stories to share between you and I. So I look forward to that here in the very near future. But thanks again, guys, for joining us. Apologies for the voice quality here from yours truly. I'm still battling this bug, and uh, it's hopefully I'll have it vanquished by the time we see each other tomorrow night for the Mile High Mailbag. Make sure you're following the podcast on Twitter, at HuddleUpPod, also at Mile High Huddle, and Whatever you do, make sure you're following my partner on Twitter at Kelberman NFL, Zach Kelberman. That's how you find him at Kelberman NFL, myself at Chad and Jensen. And then follow the producer, John Cronenberg at John K M H H on Twitter. But gang, we got to get out of here for tonight. We'll look forward to talking to you tomorrow for the mile high mailbag. Anything we missed in tonight's chat, we'll promise to get to you tomorrow. So bring it again tomorrow night, 6 p.m. Mountain, 8 p.m. Eastern. And Zach, have a great night, brother. We'll see you tomorrow. You too. Feel better, Chad. A lot of water, a lot of uh, garlic, whatever you got to do. Just uh, be sure you feel better tomorrow. See you then. Appreciate it, brother. For Zach Kelberman, I'm Chad Jensen. We'll see you guys tomorrow. You've been listening to the Huddle Up Podcast. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. 
The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal.